Video recordings of this podcast can be found on RaisingEquity.org and Raising Equity on YouTube. Welcome to Raising Equity. Today, we're going to talk to a young lady who's going to share with us what it's like to be Latina in predominantly white schools here in St. Louis. We have with us Aitana, who is 13 and about to enter high school. And hopefully you caught the episode where you heard from her parents about what it's like to support young kids of color. So welcome. I really appreciate you talking with me today, Aitana. Thank you. Yeah. So let's just start with kind of generally, how do you identify? I just introduced you as a young lady who identifies as Latina. Is that how you identify yourself? Um, yeah, well, since my dad um, is from Cuba and that's in the Caribbean, I identify as Caribbean Latin American. Probably that'd be what I would say to somebody if I'm introducing myself. Um, and for me, since I was born in Ecuador, which is in Latin America, I definitely keep that with me. But since I was raised in the United States, I do kind of use the American part talking about Latin America and here in the United States. I appreciate you sharing that because mm-hmm. I, I, I should have asked you before I even introduced you, mm-hmm. right? Because I want people to be able to self-identify and, and that we don't put those labels on folks. So thank you for sharing that. How did you come to understand all the different pieces of yourself and come to, to think about yourself in that way? Is it something that your parents talked to you about, that you read about? How did you come to understand your ethnicity? Well, in my family, we, our culture is our life. We don't really hide it from anybody. It's really very evident. And we, you know, we go to Cuba, we have family members there. We definitely speak Spanish always in the house. And we are not shy with our ethnicity. Um, And I guess I just knew that ever since I was really little. But as I've gotten older, it's it's become a very important part of me and my life. So I guess it just really stuck because of the situations I was in. Like as I'm growing up, it just became a part of who I am. And it's just been really important to me ever since. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. The idea that culture is life because Mm -hmm. culture is life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, in the schools that you've been in, have you felt like they've supported your culture? Um, overall, I would say no, because at most of my schools, I have been one of the few or the only Latina at in that grade or at that school. And feeling alone, like as my own group, as a minority, it's been... It's been a struggle because I see myself in a lot of situations where I don't really have like an immediately like an immediate group to go to like if something happens I don't have like people that speak my language or people that know about my culture or that you know get the funny little inside jokes that come with being Latina um I don't really have that like other kids do I've always seen myself like trying to nudge my way into other groups um every school i've been to is pretty segregated like between friends you'll you'll see a table at lunch where all the black kids sit at and you'll see one where all the white kids sit at and all the asian kids and sometimes it's a little bit mixed um and that's great but it's never mixed with latinos which is what i am 
So I've tried to be friends with Asian people and white people and black people. And I've had great times with each group, but um, every time there's, there's always very like strong cultural differences that uh, lead to sometimes issues. Mm. Mm-hmm. Can you share a little bit about what some of those issues are, those tensions as you've tried to nudge your way into different groups? Mm-hmm. Um, well, sometimes with uh, Caucasian people, they don't understand why I am the way I am. They don't really understand why is your name like that? Why is why is your family like that? Why do you why do you speak that way? Why did you just mess up in that that sentence in English? Like they don't they kind of think I I look like them, so they assume I am like them. But it's it's it comes out really quick. Like my mom said, it comes out really quick that I'm nothing like them at all in any really sense like culturally. Um so one situation I I can think of is like I was friends with like this white girl and she was really nice and all but every time I would talk something like a joke or something from my house and it was in Spanish or whenever I was texting my mom she would like be like oh why is that in Spanish like why why is that in Spanish like why can't you guys just speak English you guys speak English though and I'm like yeah of course she's like why do you text your mom in Spanish when you guys could just text in English? And I'm like, because that's our language. And she's like, really? Like she was, she couldn't understand that that was just my life. Like <sighs> it's so, it's different than hers. She didn't understand that that was my life. Like that wasn't something I could change or control. And another situation would probably be when I left other friend groups that were Asian or white and I would start hanging out with African-American people and they didn't know what to call me. Like they probably never even heard of Latinos. They didn't know what I was. They didn't know where Cuba was. They've never heard of Ecuador. They've never even heard of any of it. And I would see myself explaining my whole life to everyone just to tell them, yeah, I'm a minority. I'm, I'm like you. Yeah, we're... We're in the we're in the same situation sometimes. We can relate. And they just they just didn't understand. Um, they'd be like, Oh, well, if you're Latina, why isn't this like that? And why aren't you looking like this? And why isn't this like that? And I'm like, Because we're we're all really different. And they just they just weren't educated on just like everyone else, like the white people weren't educated, black people weren't educated, Asian people. They just didn't know what to do with me but I felt with African-Americans they just they could never fully accept me because I was so different from them and it sounds like people had like stereotypes Mm -hmm. about the way you should be or the Mm -hmm. way you shouldn't be or Mm -hmm. like the fact that you could pass for white so why not just speak English and stop speaking Spanish yeah yeah Aitana that sounds exhausting oh yeah I had an incident towards the end of the school year with uh, a girl a grade below me and we had been friends the whole year and we never had an issue and we were pretty close for being in different grades and at the end of the year i held um i held this uh kind of protest against the school dress code me and my friends got together and we had this little protest thing where we were like uh trash bag things to say the school dress code is trash it was our little thing and it had nothing to do I with race it. it had almost well there was a little bit cuz we noticed they were 
targeting females of color, that was the the most it had to do with race. And she completely left me. And she's like, you're not a person of color. You can't speak for us. You're this and that. She was mixed. Um, she's like, you're faking it. You're doing this and that. You're trying to just start problems. No one needs your protest. No one needs you. And I was like, we were friends. Like, we were cool. Like, every time something happened in your life, I supported you. Yeah. And as soon as I'm doing something that I thought was positive change, you you have to kind of leave me for no good reason when really I wasn't talking about being Latina. I was talking about issues in our society about what females should or shouldn't wear. And that's what the protest was about. It wasn't about being a person of color, which I am without doubt, no matter what she thinks. Uh, like I said, some people are just aren't educated, but I've lost a lot of friends mm. in the type of way that I say, who I am that's just I've been through a lot of failed friendships um because people just don't understand at all who I am well you sound like you're awesome <laughs> I want to be a part of this <laughs> thank protest you. <laughs> thank me, you tell me about this what the is this protest? trash policy um yeah so they were um they were just it was ridiculous I was wearing a long sleeve shirt uh it was long sleeves I was wearing leggings nothing too showy showy and I the shirt happened to be a, a, a cut that was kind of like downwards a little bit. So it showed just a little bit of my stomach and they dress coded me. They dress coded me and I missed 20 minutes of class trying to find something to cover up my stomach. And I was extremely mad. I was so mad. I had missed a bunch of instructions. I had missed a bunch of time. I was just, I had missed science class where we were doing a huge project that was worth like a bunch of points. I was just furious. And I went home and I started a group chat with over 40 girls. <laughs> you rock! <laughs> and we, we just went out. And the next day, um, we had boys who were wearing trash bag shirts and we had girls wearing like uh, bracelets made out of trash bags. And we were like, and I was wearing a skirt made out of trash. And it was crazy. Like this girl wore a dress made out of trash bags. And it was just like, it was it was a positive thing. It wasn't anything to lose friends about at all. Mm. Yeah. And did they change the policy? They they really they really started talking about it. Like we got all of our core teachers to talk about it, and we got a bunch of signatures from other teachers in other grades. We even got sixth and seventh graders to do it with us. We had a bunch of my sister's friends in the sixth grade wearing their little bracelets and stuff, and it was. It was pretty bomb, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're on to something because those dress code policies are often very gendered. Oh, they're they're terrible. They're terrible. They was just like ridiculous what they were saying. Yeah. Yeah. And they often are trying to police what, like you mm -hmm. said, what young women can wear. Yeah. And they're less targeting concerned. curvier girls. They're targeting, I feel at, at my school, they were targeting females of color because sometimes the more... Uh, the the richer, uh, often Caucasian females were wearing shorts of a, a high-quality brand, and they never got dress-coded. Um, and the girls who were of color and wore things that were not bad always got dress-coded. Interesting. Very interesting. So it was not just the policy, but how it was getting yeah. enforced. Mm -hmm. Definitely the, the enforcement was off. It was always the same teacher doing the enforcement. It was just really, 
it was interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So not, yeah, I mean, I see like the stereotypes around like young girls of color being hypersexualized. Mm, yeah. And uh, I don't know if I know the brand that you're talking about, mm-hmm. but right, like mm-hmm. young girls who wear like athletic gear and those shorts are short. Extremely. I've, I sometimes, I've seen, I'm like, can I even run in those? I feel uncomfortable. You know? I've seen a lot of backside uh, of predominantly Caucasian girls this year. Mm-hmm. So, and they've never gotten dress coded. So, you know, and we even got some of them to wear the wristbands. Like some of them agreed with me. Like they were like, yeah, that's crazy. We're surprised we haven't gotten dress coded either. And I'm like, thank you. Please wear my wristband. And right. they're like, yeah, right. I will. As I wear these two inch shorty yeah, shorts. Yeah. They were like, we wear them every day and we don't, we never get dress coded. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. Just help us out and we can be cool together. Mm-hmm. Like I thought that those were going to be the friends that I was going to lose. The ones that I was kind of targeting. Calling yeah. Calling out. But no, actually I got more support from them than the females of color that I was trying to help. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's crazy sometimes. Yeah. Gosh. And I, the reason I, I'm just over here thinking, oh, it, it sounds exhausting is because you're at mm-hmm. this age where relationships are exhausting. Like peer relationships Always. are a lot mm-hmm. as you're going through puberty and in middle school and high school. So you've got that. But then you have this added layer mm-hmm. of being Latina in St. Louis. Yeah. Middle of nowhere. Nobody like me. Nobody really went on my side. But mm. yeah. Well, it sounds like you have a really good support system in your family. In my family. Yeah. 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 And is it is... Is culture and language and ethnicity, It's you said it's something that's like just a part of your family. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like you feel comfortable talking to your parents about things that happen. Very, very, very. I've had like several instances this year of people like saying terribly racist things to me. And I've never had to hide it from my parents because I make sure that it's like addressed. At yeah. the beginning of the year, I was trying not to have issues because I was new. And I was like, oh, let me make this school year like chill that ended up not happening and I was like you know what never mind and once I got backlash I I returned that by getting help from the administration and stuff yeah 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 I mean not to if you don't want to share or relive all that you don't have to but if you're willing to share some of what you experienced I think people sometimes don't realize how cruel kids can be racially and ethnically they're very cruel and the saddest part is that most of the backlash this year has been by other people of color. Mm. And that that's what surprises me the most. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, we're, we're both here. We're both here in a school, you know, predominantly like white culture. And we're, we're here and like, we should be on each other's side. And nobody really felt that way. Like, I, I got a lot of go back to where you came from. And then they would cover it up and say, no, I didn't say go, go back to your country. I said, go back to your old school. And I'm like, no, you didn't. You're lying. I, I know you said that you wanted me to go back to my country. And they were trying to say, oh, no, no, no. Since you're new, we said school. And I'm like, no, you didn't. You're lying. And it's pathetic. And it's not funny. Like, you should be in trouble for what you said. And they never, they never really felt that way. They were, they were always very, very harsh. Like, no, I didn't say that, blah, blah, blah. And then it would just lead to more and more drama and issues. Did they ever get in trouble? Sometimes. Uh, I think I think the worst they've gotten is like a phone call to the parents. But I've never seen a kid go to like in-school suspension or out of school for anything like a racist comment. I, 
sadly that's never happened. So in my, like to my knowledge, mm-hmm. I haven't seen that happen. Mm-hmm. So you've mostly gotten your comfort from family. Sure. Yeah. Because it doesn't sound like you're getting any comfort at school. Not really. No. Um, and I don't expect to. Like when I came into the school, I did not think that there were going to be any Latinos. I didn't expect there to be any like welcoming vibes. I didn't think it was going to be sunshine and rainbows. So I was kind of expecting getting told to go back to where I came from and getting told to speak English and getting a lot of questions. And I was expecting that. Like, I wasn't surprised. What made you expect that? My old school. Oh, because you were experiencing it there. You assumed you experienced it here. I was like, it's going to be worse here because here it's mostly white people. But it just ended up being like really, it just ended up being really confusing to me. Like it came from people of color and the things they said were really racist and they never got in trouble for it. And at both schools, it it was bad. And no matter where I went, there was always going to be issues. And I really didn't like that. So both schools, city, county, similar struggles. Yeah, similar in different ways. Okay. In the city, sometimes if I explained and I, I really put in a lot of effort to to uh, be honest about like my culture and my ethnicity, sometimes I would get like positive and people would be like, oh yeah, she's my favorite Latina. Yeah, and, and sometimes it would be positive. Um, but in in the county, there's like no positivity coming from it. Either it's ignored or it's uh, it's negative. So at least in the city, there was sometimes some some positive things coming okay. from the kids. Hmm. Yeah, there's not really positivity here. Even even some of my friends like have said racist jokes to me and expect me to be like okay with it. Yeah, about friends, uh, about Latinos. Uh-huh. They've said taco taco, and when I was signing yearbooks, they expected me to write Aitana, aka Taco, and I was like, and some of my friends would say stuff and they would call me Mexican, even though they know I'm not Mexican. And they would say stuff about like burritos and I don't even know all that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And sometimes you just have to let it slide, even though I really don't want to, because if I didn't let it slide, I'd have like two friends. Everyone does it. It's oh, that's so nothing hard. I can do. Yeah. It's nothing I can do about it. Right. Sometimes you just have to drop the fight and just like, let it, let it go. Or just remind yourself, like, that's not friendship behavior. So duly noted. Yeah. And try to yeah. keep it moving. I don't really Ugh. I don't really consider myself to have a lot of friends. I don't really want to have friends. In that environment, doesn't sound like you'd pick up that many. No. And in life, I don't know. I found that but true, true friends, I don't need both my hands. Mm-hmm. True, true friends. So, yeah, that whole thing about, like, being popular and having tons of friends. I think it's yeah, a I just overrated. Kinda, I kind of gave up on that a long time ago. Like a me lot too. of a lot of situations have led me to have a lot of issues with kids and I just I don't care anymore really. Well, it sounds like you have a very strong mind and you know what's right and you want you expect to be treated well and yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. And I don't I think you're right in like not to compromise yourself for friends that yeah, aren't really yeah. friends. Yeah, I've I've you know, it's been painful to like kind of let people leave my life for mm. like situations I feel should have never happened. Um, but, you know, every time it happens, I feel more and more uh, at ease with and letting people go because, you know, you if you lose friends because they're racist or they're rude or they're homophobic, then you lose the friends, man. I don't really want you anymore. 
Amen. Yes. Well said. I think that should be the tagline. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I was going to ask you, I know we had talked a little bit before about an example of of there being a climate or an opportunity where everyone was sharing their culture. Mm -hmm. And even in that environment where it was like, we're here to share culture, people were rejecting. And I Mm -hmm. was wondering if you'd share that, that experience. Yeah. Um, there have been several experiences about like, um, ethnicity and culture and like where I've been able to share a little bit about that and myself. Um, but most of the time, uh, I feel like Latinos get very forgotten here in St. Louis. I feel like we're not acknowledged. We're not thought of. And when we are, we're portrayed badly in the news. And that is unfortunate. And kids believe it. And kids don't really... I feel like I'm not really wanted at my school. Um, And whenever I'm sharing my culture, like what you were saying, I feel like they're always gravitating to more like safe options. Like uh, if, if there's like... I don't know, some type of project where you're talking about culture, they'll they'll go to like an African-American uh, peer that's talking about their culture because they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we that's easy to like go behind because obviously that's something just as important, of course. But um, it's been more talked about. And since everything's black and white, I think sometimes it's easier to forget about the other ones. Um, which, you know, it's understandable. I definitely, I definitely always think that there are going to be issues that I'm not, that I don't know about, like as an Asian person or as a black person that I will never experience. But um, yeah, definitely when we're sharing culture, I feel like Latinos are forgotten or just kind of left aside or ignored. Yeah, St. Louis we're not good at that. We're not good at mm-hmm. going beyond the just like binary black white. Yeah. And I've had students who, um, one student who's Asian American, Korean American in particular, and she said she would get all sorts of looks and people would just like, she felt like people didn't know what to do with her. Yeah. And so same, it sounds yeah. similar. Uh, yeah. And that we don't have a huge Latino community. No. And so people are rather like being, being, hearing from the black student probably feels more accessible. Yeah, for Which sure. is unfortunate because they could learn from you yeah. sharing yeah. who you are. I heard there was one time where you were, where you brought the famous family Flan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Flan, yeah. I brought in Flan and, and the teacher who was like kind of hosting the whole thing was was really like happy that I brought in and she was great and she was supportive. And that was that was good to feel supported by a teacher. But the kids, I feel like, you know, it kind of looked like pudding. It, I thought... It, Flan, it's easy to say. Maybe they'll be more open to it. I said, if I brought ropa vieja, no one's going to touch that. They don't even know how to spell it. I, so. yeah, I don't know what it is. What is it? <laughs> it's basically like pulled pork. It's just meat. Oh, with the, okay. Yeah. It's, it, I was just saying, like, I thought flan would be a safer Accessible. choice. It's you know, sweet. It's, it's yummy. Sweet. It looks like pudding. It looks like a jello-ish type thing. So I thought they would like, I don't know. I thought that would be easy to share. And it kind of wasn't. I feel like kids were like, Ooh, the consistency. Oh, I don't. I don't want to try it. And they're like, flan, flan, flan. And I'm like, flan. And they're like, oh, it's from Cuba. And I'm like, yeah, it's a, it's a Cuban recipe. My my grandma made it. And they're like, mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, never mind. And it, I just, uh, yeah, it was just kind of, it was kind of heartbreaking. Um, <laughs> yeah, I feel and like they yeah. missed out on they, flan. Yeah, no, I was like, uh, no. But I had a Mexican friend. He came up at the end of the day and he ate 
half of my fun. And I was very happy with that. Um, uh, but, you know, it was just, it's always, it's always going to be a struggle. Um, I know it's going to be a struggle whenever I try to share my culture. And I, I don't, like I said, I don't expect to be welcomed with open arms. I wish I could be, but I don't expect to at this point. Mm. And I appreciate you being brave enough to share your experience because yeah. I think um, a lot of adults that listen like are going to be like, oh, but I want you to feel comfortable. and <laughs> Right. And you're kind of like, yeah, no, I've had enough experiences where like, I'm not expecting it. <laughs> I'm all right. Right. Like, it's, well, this hair. I think it's important for them to hear because as much as like individually, we might say, oh, we want you to be who you are and to express mm-hmm. that, that the the institutions we've created, the schools, yeah. the environment, yeah. the spaces that we have are not welcoming you. And we have to be honest with ourselves about that. Yeah, for sure. I've been, I've been told I, sometimes I mispronounce things normal for someone who's bilingual. Um, I mispronounce things and they, they will correct me brutally. They will not be nice to me. If I mispronounce something just a little bit, like one little syllable, one little word, they will they will like attack me. And teachers I'm like, or students? No, um, always students. Teachers, if I mispronounce okay. something, I don't think they'll even correct me. But students have been like really, really mean. And I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like even people who English is their first and only language, sometimes they mess up their words. Everyone right. messes up their words. I, everyone messes up their words. And I feel like for me, it's just been super harsh. I remember one time someone had taken my putty you know, like slime, like it was a putty yeah. thing. And I, someone had taken it and I was telling one friend, oh my God, so-and-so took my putty. And I said, putty, because I genuinely thought it was putty. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to my friend and they were like, oh my God, no way. And, and another girl whose mom is Latina, because I know that girl, she corrected me and she said, it's putty, not putty. And the Oh, I wanted to slap her. Oh, I was so mad. I was so mad because her mom has a thicker accent. I was so mad. I was so mad. I was like, oh. But the only thing I could say was, okay, thank you. And I continued my story about my stolen putty. Putty. Putty, putty, whatever. Whatever. I don't even know how to say it right. I I don't even care. What does it matter? It's like, I feel like they're just looking, looking like for ways to attack me. Ding, ding. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. People looking for something to like. And that's what blows my mind. I said this to your mom. It's like the arrogance. I would I would love to have a second language, right? My French. Uh-huh. No, it's not good. <laughs> it's not good. Like I can pick some stuff up, but it's just yeah. not good. Like, so I, I think of it as like a gift that you have a second language. And it's almost like people are, I don't know, maybe unconsciously jealous. Who knows? But why would they? I love it. I love it. I love it. you? I love being bilingual. And sometimes I wish... I I live somewhere where English wasn't even spoken because sometimes I wish I could just speak in one language all the time. Um, and that's the beauty of growing up, that you'll have the opportunity to do that at some yeah, point. At, yeah, I know at some point I'll probably go somewhere in Latin America where it's obviously all Spanish. And I, I, I have that as a little mini dream, but... Oh, yeah. Yeah. But for now, I, I'm just kind of stuck here and I'm just rolling with it. Oh, yeah. Well, you're, I mean, you're an amazing young lady. Seriously. You. Seriously. You. I love your, your spark for life. Thank and you. the fact that your culture is such a big part of your life is yeah, beautiful. It, it really is. Yeah. I don't, I don't really hide it at all. Even though I do get a lot of backlash, I don't really hide it. I think that's <laughs> beautiful. What advice might you give other 
young kids, either Latino and specifically or kids of color in general around navigating, like you said, the friendships, the mm-hmm. the stuff that comes. Um, don't don't let yourself be pushed around. Like don't let it slide. And even though like sometimes you do need to let it slide, if it really gets big, like you have to do something about it because that that other kid will grow up thinking it's okay to treat minorities that way. And even if they're a minority, you need to make sure that you're respected because you deserve to be respected just like everyone else. So that, that'd be my advice. Like, pick and choose your battles, but for the most part, fight back. Because, like, you, need, you, you can't let stuff slide all the time. Yeah. I love it. Any yeah. advice for how they know which battles to pick and which one's the let's slide if you know that the person like like calling you names and stuff is like hurting or you know that they're like going through something and you either have like problems with them with them or beef with them or you know that they've also been attacked for being a minority maybe let it slide then but if if it's like somebody that has no reason to be attacking you at all and has like just like it's been really surprising then i back because like you like shouldn't get that like one time there was there was this girl after school I was I was on my friend's phone because mine had died and we were just like having fun or whatever and she said a bunch of comments and it escalated and all of a sudden she was saying go back to where you came from and she didn't know me really well I didn't know her really well I knew her name that's all I knew but in that situation I'm like I'm not gonna let this slide and she was like getting in my face and this and that. And um, my friend who I was with was white, but she was standing up for me, of course. And I was with my sister as well. And, and they all saw it. And I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to let this slide. And I really, it was the end of the school year. Like I really could have let it slide, but I didn't because mm-hmm. it was out of, it was completely out of place. So you reported it mm-hmm. to yeah. teachers? Yeah, I went directly to the office and... My principal wasn't there, but I went to the one of the people that was there, and I just told them everything. Yeah, yeah in the moment, yeah. Yeah, you got to advocate for yourself. Because mm-hmm. like you said, you do not deserve to be treated that way. You deserve yeah. to be treated with respect. Yeah, don't let them call you a snitch either. Like, don't let anyone call you a snitch if mm. you're really being, like, bullied for no reason. Like, call you can get called a snitch if Billy steals a marker and he doesn't put it back, and you go tell the teacher. Like, you would be a snitch if you went and told the teacher. But if you're getting bullied because of anything you identify as, you're not, you're not a snitch. You're somebody trying to have a normal school day. Like, I shouldn't have to deal with an educated, pers- an educated person in my school day. Like, it's just out of place. Yeah, to say the least. Yeah. 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 Well, Aitana, I really, like I said, I appreciate you talking with me. Mm-hmm. And if you ever want to come back, you are welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Because <laughs> I'm loving, Thank you. I'm loving just the fact that you're open about thinking out loud about what you're experiencing and how you navigate it. And mm-hmm. I, I, I think that your words and your stories will help other young people and, and adults just understand what it's like to be mm-hmm. a kid of color mm-hmm. navigating prominently white spaces. Yeah. Yeah. So thank thank you. you. Thank you. And thank you all for joining me on Raising Equity. I hope that you received this gift in the way that I did, that this young lady is amazing and beautiful and powerful. And yet the spaces that we've created don't affirm her on a daily basis. 
So how can we do better as adults? How can we do better in raising equity? So I appreciate you joining me and hopefully you catch the other parts of the series where you hear from her parents about how we might be adults in the lives of kids and support them. So thank you for joining me on Raising Equity.